Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. This show features information, stories, candid interviews, and experiences with dyslexia at all ages. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends. Welcome back. How do you tell a student they have dyslexia? Welcome to Episode 7 of Dyslexia Devoted, where we will be discussing how to talk to a child about dyslexia. Our topics today will include why would we want to tell them, how to bring it up, and giving them some stories to empower them. Our show notes will be at parnelloeducation.com forward slash episode seven. This episode today is actually a continuation of a conversation that I started on my very first podcast episode. Before I started Dyslexia Devoted, I was a guest on Voices of Compassion with my friend and colleague, Dr. Vivian Kyle, and we have a conversation about what to do as you're first learning about a dyslexia diagnosis. So be sure to check that one out to hear some additional information. That one is on the Voices of Compassion podcast, episode nine, season two. And so be sure to check it out. And I'll also put the link in the show notes for you in order to access that podcast if you want to hear that conversation as well. Before we jump into our episode today, in order to stay caught up with my latest resources, find Parnello Education on Facebook and Instagram. I'm actually headed off to the annual Wilson Trainer Meeting, and so you can find me on social media and take a peek at my latest dyslexia adventures. I'm very excited to be taking this trip because it's been on hiatus for the last couple of years for obvious reasons, so it'll be nice to get to see my Wilson Trainer friends in person again and not just on Zoom. Okay, time to get started. So first, why would you want to tell a child that they have dyslexia? Well, first of all, if there's even a suspicion a child has dyslexia, that child probably already feels defeated. That child probably already feels like they're dumb compared to their peers. They see that their friends and classmates are able to do things and read things and spell things that they aren't able to do. So that child already feels like they're behind, whether you tell them they have dyslexia or not. I found it's actually worse for a child to wait longer to find out that they have dyslexia than to have somebody explain it to them right away. Students often feel empowered and to know that there's a reason why things are so hard. It makes them feel better. Knowledge is power. And the whole thing we need to do with students with dyslexia is empower them. We need to make them feel like they can be successful because they can be successful. There are so many success stories of people who have dyslexia and may have been behind in school. But school is just a small part of life. School is just the beginning. Life expands far beyond it. And while some kids with dyslexia may not do great in school, a lot of times they do very well in life if they can learn how to harness their abilities and find empowerment in their strengths. In order to do that, we need to start the conversation. So how would we bring it up? First, let them know why they received recent testing. If a student has a dyslexia diagnosis, they obviously had to have some form of assessment. And so they probably wondered what that assessment was for. So this would be a good time to talk to them about why you went to go visit that evaluator and what that evaluator was looking for and what they discovered based on that assessment. Tell them that that testing showed that there's a reason why school has been so challenging. Let them know that there's a reason why they're struggling and it's not because they're dumb. Help them understand that they're smart and intelligent. They just might need to do things in a different way and that their brain works differently. Notice I did not say learning disability. I said works differently. And that language alone can be really empowering. Letting kids know that they just have to do things in a different way, not that they're disabled. 
and we want our students to feel like they can do things. They just might have to come about it a different way, and that's okay. Make sure that you tell them that you want to help, that the reason you did the assessment and put them through some testing that they may not have loved was to figure out the best way to help them. Knowing that they have dyslexia makes it so you guys can make a plan together on how to make it better. You can get support so that school can start to feel easier. It's really important that students understand that remediation is not additional torture onto their school day, that it is a way for school to start feeling better, to start feeling like they're not always behind, to feel like they can do what their classmates and friends can do, and feel like they can suddenly read. And we want them to be able to know that by naming the problem, you can find a solution. If you can, try to connect them with another child who has dyslexia so they don't feel so alone. Try to check out your local IDA branch or decoding dyslexia chapter to make some connections with other families experiencing something similar. You are not the only one who's had a recent dyslexia diagnosis or who's gone through it before. So reach out to those who've been there. They might have resources and connections in your area that you may not know about. Sometimes it's hard to look up information when you don't even know what you're looking for. Trying to find somebody else who has those resources can be an essential step to getting connected with the right people to get the right kinds of help. Another option is to look into some LD support groups. I'll link those in the show notes for you as well, so you can try to find different places to access local groups in your area. If you have an older student, David Flink created a program called Eye to Eye, E-Y-E, and they match up students with other kids with dyslexia and other learning differences so that they can have mentors who've been through something similar as they have. So when you're trying to find ways to connect with others, be sure to check out Eye to Eye and see if there's a program in your area, which is targeted for older students, not for elementary age kids. Now, one of the other things we need to do is to empower them, share stories of people who've been very successful. And yes, I know not every person with dyslexia ends up becoming somebody famous, but kids need somebody they can look up to. They need to be able to find somebody that they see themselves in, to know that there's somebody else like them who really struggled in school, but ended up doing just fine in life. They need to see that they can accomplish amazing things because confidence and self-esteem are a big part of success in life. Feeling down on yourself can hinder all sorts of growth. We want the students to have a growth mindset and see that there's ways to overcome dyslexia. I'm going to list a few of them so you can pick and choose which people you think might be the most inspiring to your student Or you can look up some more people on your own to try to find some more ideas of somebody that your student might relate to. So some entrepreneur success stories include Richard Branson and Charles Schwab. To go from having dyslexia to going all the way into space, pretty amazing. Charles Schwab, he's all over buildings and owns many banks. And I've met him. He's actually a pretty amazing speaker. Then if your student is more into the creative arts, talk about some of the actors who have dyslexia such as Orlando Bloom, Whoopi Goldberg, Kira Knightley. And funny enough, after I'd already written my notes of what I wanted to talk about today, I actually discovered one more actor I didn't realize, Channing Tatum, talking about how when he goes to read a script, it takes him five times longer than everybody else to read a script, but he'll know everything in it by the time that he's done. There's also a princess, Princess Beatrice of the United Kingdom, has talked openly about her dyslexia. And that is one of the things that's most important is to break away the stigma of feeling like they're different and being able to share their story of having dyslexia and being okay with it. Finding other people who've disclosed their dyslexia can be pretty empowering. One of my favorite ways to empower students about dyslexia is to share books with them with dyslexic characters. One book to go off of our last topic 
which is Dyslexic Legends Alphabet Book that is full of different famous people who have dyslexia that you may not even realize had dyslexia. So that's one way to pair the sharing the story of people who can be very successful with dyslexia along with creating a love of reading and finding out that you can discover cool things in books. Now, the rest of these books I'm actually going to put in age order. So the ones I say first are meant for the younger students, and the ones that I say toward the end of our list are going to be ones that are meant for the older students. All of these ones can be found in the show notes that I will link in the description of this episode, so you can easily get to each of those books in case any of them sound really interesting to you. The first one is The Alphabet War. This one has amazing illustrations, and it's all about how a little boy is trying to learn how to read, and he realizes he can't do it like everybody else can, and he gets kind of angry. And the way the illustrations show the mood with the color going back and forth between colored illustrations and black and white pencil sketches really conveys the emotion. And I find that one's really helpful for the younger students, especially if they're only in about first grade, maybe going into second grade because some of the other books don't quite make sense to some of the older kids or might expose them to things that they aren't quite mature enough to handle. So Alphabet War is a good one for the littlest kiddos. Another one is called It's Called Dyslexia, and that one has a female character, and it's all about explaining the process about how a student was struggling in school and then how she got testing and how she discovered that she has something called dyslexia that makes her learn differently. So that one is another cheerful little kid's picture book that explains what dyslexia is and what's going on. Another one is called Tom's Special Talent. And this is all about a student who has dyslexia And I love that it focuses on the talent aspect of it so that this student isn't just suffering through challenges, but also that they have special talents. And I like to show kids that they can be really talented too, that this isn't all of them. Dyslexia is just one small part of them, and they might have all sorts of amazing skills to share. And then there's my absolute favorite, Patricia Polacco. So the two books by Patricia Polacco are Thank You, Mr. Falker and An A from Miss Keller. The first one, Thank You, Mr. Falker, is a picture book, and it's all about a little girl who struggled to learn how to read, and she faked it all the way along until she moves and goes to a new school and has a new cool teacher, and he realizes that she's been faking it and never really learned how to read. And then by the end of the story, you discover that the person who had dyslexia was Patricia Polacco herself. And how this person who became a children's book author and an amazing illustrator has dyslexia, and how she went from not being able to read to writing books. Then her other book that follows her along as she's a little bit older is called An A from Miss Keller. And in that book, she talks about the teacher that inspired her to become an amazing writer and the teacher that pushed her to develop her writing skills and become an amazing writer. And in the book, there's a little hint that she gets teased by the teacher about how she's still a terrible speller, which As we all know, kids with dyslexia, even once they get remediated, sometimes they're still terrible spellers, or especially if they're going quickly. And so the teacher validates that she's still a bad speller, but she tells an amazing story. But there's editors in this world, right? And so I love those two books because they make the kids relate to the character and they love at the end that they can find out that it's really about Patricia Polacco herself. I find that I like to read Thank You, Mr. Falker, especially when I'm starting with a student to help them understand that that's who I am. I'm their teacher to help them through this, to help them understand that they can learn how to read, that they just need to do it differently. It's all about finding a new teacher that knows how to help them. 
And that's why I often like to start with thank you, Mr. Falker, with a lot of my students, especially if they're below fourth grade, below fifth grade. I'll even do it with the fourth graders. Patricia Palaka books are actually pretty mature for the age group. And so she covers a lot of heavy topics as well. She has an amazing set of picture books that cover a lot of really heavy topics. And so that's one where don't underestimate the power of a picture book to be really intense. And then moving on, Henry Winkler, as in the Happy Days actor, is also an author. He created the Hank Zipser series, all about a boy with dyslexia and ADHD and the trouble that he gets into. And so that one has early chapter books. And so that one has a male character. And so the students can find ways that they can relate to having dyslexia and ADHD in the classroom. And there's a series of the Hank Zipser books. So I always like when you can find a good series because then if a kid enjoys it, then you can get them more and more. And getting a dyslexic kid to love a book series, if you can get that, you're golden. All right, and now moving on into one of the older books and into those chapter books. One of them is by Linda Mullally Hunt called Fish in a Tree. This one I find inspiring because I actually got to meet Linda Mullally Hunt with one of my students. Fish in a Tree is all about a girl who fakes it till she makes it and learns it's better to get in trouble and get kicked out of class than let people know that she can't read. And then eventually very similar to the Patricia Polacco story. She ends up with a different teacher when her teacher goes out on maternity leave that starts to realize she can't read and that she's really having an escape behavior. And he vows to never kick her out of class for causing trouble. Instead, he figures out ways to sort it out with her and teach her how to read instead. It was such a pleasure to get to meet that author because I read that book with a dyslexic student, and that was actually her very first chapter book that she was able to read on her own. That was one of the ones that she was really excited to get to meet the author, and the author was really nice and shared with us her experiences through dyslexia and her family as well. So that was pretty cool. One of the longer novels are the Percy Jackson series. So the Percy Jackson series is all about part of the reason that he is dyslexic is because his brain is wired for Greek and how he's part of the Olympians. And so that's one that's great for some of the older kids who really want to read books that are closer to their age range. The kids really want to get into those Greek gods and everything like that. That one, the kids find super interesting. All right, so there are a ton of dyslexia-related books. If you have any favorite ones, I would love if you tagged me on Facebook or Instagram and shot me a message and let me know what some of your favorite books are with any dyslexic characters that you might have run into over the years. All right, so to recap our episode for today is we want to tell children that they have dyslexia because it helps them feel better. Knowledge is power and knowing that what the problem is means they can come up with a plan and a solution on how to do better and to get the help that they need. We talked about how to bring it up and discussing the reason why they had that testing and that their brain works differently and that's what the testing showed. And now that you know that they have dyslexia, now you can help make things better by getting the right interventions and getting the support that they need so that school can start to feel easier. And not forgetting that we also want to make sure we connect with other kids who have dyslexia, if at all possible. And lastly, we close out with some resources, including books that you can use to talk to the kids about dyslexia, depending on the age group. So it is time to close out this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't done so already, be sure to check out my new online course about understanding dyslexia and structured reading programs at parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. Thanks for joining me. See you next time. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time. <laughs>